Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you're subscribed, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. Let's join Pastor Tom as he continues his study through the book of Revelation. This week we're picking up in chapter 18, looking at Babylon. Is Babylon a real physical city? If so, where would it be, and what does it have to do with the end times? Let's find out. So, uh, Craig had mentioned the conference, Hope for Our Times. This is what I want to encourage anybody here is going, anybody watching online. Uh, one problem that Christian conferences have, uh, or conferences like this, a prophecy conference, is they're great for informing the believers. The problem is non-believers need to hear it. And my hope is I'm, I have some people that are going to be sharing their testimonies at this conference, along with some other things that we're going to be adding that I'm not going to tell you about yet. Um, because my desire and my hope is that God will use that conference to reach people who don't know Jesus. Uh, I'm hoping that Christians who sign up will say, you know what, we're going to invite a skeptic. I'm going to invite a family member that doesn't know the Lord. We picked an absolutely beautiful resort. We got a phenomenal price on it. And my hope is that even the non-believer will say, yeah, I know you're a crazy Christian, but I'll go because it looks like a cool place. And it is a cool place. Um, and, and so that's my hope, is it's not a church venue, it's, it's a beautiful resort, and even the skeptic will say, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, let's do it. I'll go out there for three days and enjoy it and listen to what you crazy prophecy people have to say. So uh, will you p- pray about that? Um, that God will save souls at this conference. And it won't be just a, a church gathering, and, uh, um, but it will be even more than that. That it will be awesome. Because um, God's desire is that none should perish. And, 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 and so, exciting opportunity. Um, and uh, so, that's that. And that's for everybody in here and everybody watching online. I was talking with somebody the other day. They said they watch online, and they are the one of the people that waves when we wave. To them. So let's wave to everybody out there welcoming them. And if anybody out there, that must, if you imagine people sitting in front of their laptops right now waving back at us, that's really cool. Um, totally cool. So uh, with that, let's get on with some news. You ready? Okay, what do we have? Police in Canada are tracking people's negative behavior in a risk database. Yeah, you know, we know about the social credit system from China, right? Uh, so I'm reading this. I'm trying to get more information. I don't have a lot on this yet. I will over uh, probably by the end of the week. But the database includes detailed but de-identified information, whatever that is, about people's lives, uh, culled from uh, conversations between police, social services, health workers, and more. I mean, this sounds so much like the social credit system in China and how uh, in Canada... Uh, listen, that whole social credit system of China it will eventually affect the whole world because every, every world leader is going to say, I want this because I want to control my people. Eventually, the Antichrist is going to have a system that's even going to be better than what China has right now. We know that because Revelation chapter 13 teaches such a thing. Then we have this out of Germany. Angela Merkel, Chancellor of Germany, demands Hungary and Poland surrender their borders to the EU. Um, you know, <laughs> we're just watching so much tension over in Europe, and a lot of it, or the majority majority of it, is over immigration and the border issues that they have there, and uh, the attempt to unite Europe. Will the EU morph into the revived Roman Empire? Uh, we know from the Bible, Daniel chapter 9, in various places, 
Uh, we have a revived Roman Empire that's going to rise up in the last days. At the top of it will be the Antichrist. So as you're watching these things, hey, it's not about you being an individual state. It's about the globalist agenda that we have. And make no doubt about it, she is one of the uh, real forces pushing globalism on the world. Her, George Soros, uh, some people in America um, that are uh, fighting against Trump. You have Trump on the, the nationalist side. You have the globalists on the other side. And man, that is why we're watching these things happen. Arrest made after Planned Parenthood is caught selling baby body parts. Uh, you know, we, we know, you know, you've been hearing about this, so this isn't news to you. Here, the shocking thing is that we're doing this. This is going to come up at the end of the message because I believe it applies to Revelation chapter 18 more than any other place in the Bible. Um, so we'll see that in, in, in a little bit. But you look at that, and man, we are hearing more and more and more about abortion as things are being made evident. It's like God is shouting at us saying, here's what you're doing, here's what you're agreeing to. Remember the judgment of Romans chapter 1 where God talks about um, turning the people over to a debased mind. And then he says, I'm not only going to judge those people who do those things, but those who approve of do those things. So when you start looking at the sins of the world, you're thinking, well, I wouldn't actually commit it. Well, if you're voting for those things, then you fall into Romans chapter 1 where you approve of those who do. According to God, he says, I will judge you for that because you're supportive of that. You're in agreement with these things happening. And then Benjamin Netanyahu, is prime minister of Israel, uh, he's a... Uh, uh, you, you read this about his indictment. Um, state attorney hits back after allegations of bias in Netanyahu case. Uh, Nits on the state attorney said that prosecutors do not consider the political leanings of those they investigate, noting the indictment and conviction of former Prime Minister Ehud Bermut, uh, Omert, on charges of corruption. So talking about the indictment that uh, they're bringing against Benjamin Netanyahu in uh, Israel, uh, Prime Minister. And uh, I, I find this line interesting. It sounds just like what's happening with Trump in America. Uh, we do not consider the political leanings of those they investigate. I mean, you, you, listen, I have been watching this whole Netanyahu thing for four years before Trump was president and watching what was happening over there in uh, the, the leftist side of the press. And they were coming after Netanyahu back then. And it was, it was over things that you couldn't even, it was like, it was crazy stuff. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. They just want to throw him in jail. Um, he's uh, very pro-Israel. He's not a globalist. He does not go along with the globalist agenda. There are those in Israel that are globalists. Uh, Haaretz, uh, a um, newspaper publication in Israel, would be uh, considered of that globalist side. And uh, they, they go after these things. And they go, you know, they, they're a media over there that is, uh, definitely attacked Netanyahu. But when I look at this when Netanyahu and I see what's happening there, I've told people um, right when Trump got elected, I said Trump is a much larger version of what's happening with Netanyahu. So that was uh, two and a half years ago, I think. So you look at it now where we are now, you're watching this. Now he's indicted. I told one of my friends the other day, he said, what's going on with this Netanyahu stuff? And I said, I promise you, this is me. I shouldn't say I promise. I tell you that from my take of it, if they can get Netanyahu, they will get Trump. So I look at it, and I'm not trying to be a, a Republican or in that regard. I'm just looking at it from a globalist agenda, from Bible prophecy things. Do I think that everything Donald Trump does is perfect? No. 
uh, do I think that everything that Israel does is perfect because they are Jews? No, I get accused of those things, but I'm just stating what I see in the Bible, how everything is going to go in the last days, and I can see what is happening with this, this globalist agenda and the attack on free speech. And uh, if you stand up for the Bible, if you stand up for righteousness, the attacks that keep happening and uh, what's happening in universities in America and so forth. And uh, what is happening in Israel is a small scale of what is happening here in the United States in that regard. So uh, with that, uh, we live in interesting days. And then you have this. This is a real problem that Trump has, and I don't agree with what's going on here. So if you think I'm just a Trumpist, uh, 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 sounding the Trump for Trump, um, well, <laughs> I'm going to call it like it is. So you look at this. A U.S. peace plan, this would be the Trump peace plan, um, said to include $25 billion in West Bank and Gaza investments. So on the one hand, it sounds like a good humanitarian thing. The United States is going to give $25 billion to the Palestinians in the Gaza area and the West Bank area um, in order to bring about the peace plan. Uh, Trump's a deal maker. Whether, you know, if, if you can just um, get a think of that. His goal is I'm going to make deals. We know that the Antichrist is the one who is going to confirm a peace covenant in Jerusalem that's going to divide the city of Jerusalem. The Trump peace plan is about dividing the city of Jerusalem. And uh, from everything I've read, we're not going to get into it tonight, but I've read a lot on it. I'll be dealing with it on his channel on Tuesday and probably next Sunday night too. But I look at it, this... Uh, this plan will have two capitals, is, from everything I can tell. It's going to have the, the Jewish capital that has now been uh, the embassy being moved to Jerusalem to support the Jews and saying, yes, we recognize Jerusalem as being uh, the, the, the capital of the Jewish people, but there's going to be a capital for the Palestinian people, according to everything I've read about the peace plan. Now, as you talk about this peace plan, uh, it's... Um, Jared Kushner is saying, well, don't say too much about what's going on the peace plan because we haven't even put it out there yet so you don't actually know. But I've read enough, uh, uh, enough information from people who do understand this current peace plan. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bothersome thing uh, also because, uh, again, Trump being a deal maker, uh, um, there are many that speculate. These are, these are friends of mine and Bible teachers and well-known that are saying they believe that it will be Trump's intent to say, I moved the embassy for you. Now, you Jews, you're going to have to capitulate in these areas, and you're going to give this to the Palestinians, throw in $25 billion. So I just think through this with me, because I know right now people are already lighting up on the blog on the Internet saying I'm a heretic for saying anything about Trump. Listen, Jesus is, you go to heaven because of Jesus. And... Um, and, and I'm not saying Trump is the Antichrist. I'm not saying Trump is the devil. I'm also not saying that Trump is the Savior. I'm just putting the facts out there. And, and God tells us he is going to judge those who divide my land. He's very clear. Joel chapter 3, read it. And you look, you go, man, there are problems coming. Um, and so I, I look at this and go, how's this all going to play out? I don't know. But we don't have $25 billion to build the wall but we're going to give $25 billion to the Palestinians. I mean, so I just, I, listen, just work with me on it. Because, we, because I can tell half of you want to argue with me right now. But whatever. I'm just stating facts. These are facts that are out there. So you have this, um, and this is the world that we live in. We live in a crazy world. 
And um, bless your hearts, all you people who hate me on the internet right now. But uh, just simply stating facts, folks. All right? Good enough? Okay. And again, for the record, Pastor Tom did not say Donald Trump is the Antichrist. (laughs) Pastor Tom did not say Donald Trump is the Savior either. I did not approach either of those. I'm stating facts for the political world that we live in. We have the globalists, we have the nationalists, and we have nation versus nation. Ethnic group against ethnic group. People group against people group that are fighting each other, whether it be racial things, whether it be political divisions, or globalists versus nationalists, and these things happening worldwide. That's the world that we live in, which is one of the many things that causes me to think, man, it's just a matter of time before Jesus comes. Amen? Okay. Thank you for letting me explain that. Lord, we thank you for this time. We pray for your blessings as we look at Revelation chapter 18 in Jesus' name. Amen. In chapter 17 of the book of Revelation, we learned about uh, the mystery Babylon the Great, also called in chapter 17 the mother of harlots. Uh, You might recall that if you were here a couple of weeks back. Uh, The end times religious system that the Antichrist and the false prophet will use to gain control over the masses of the world during the tribulation period. That is the mother of harlots. Hence, it's called that end times religious system is called the harlot because, again, the Antichrist and false prophet will use it the way that a prostitute is used by someone. Uh, but then, when we come to chapter 18, which we're, is the place we are tonight, again we read about Babylon the Great. So, with that, let me set this up. Some say that chapter 18 is a different Babylon the Great from chapter 17 where we also learn of Babylon the Great. Uh, The Babylon of chapter 17 is the religious and spiritual Babylon. The Babylon of chapter 18 is the political and economic uh, Babylon. And it's an actual city. Other teachers say, uh, say that chapter 17, Babylon the Great, and chapter 18, Babylon the Great, are the same Babylon. So we're going to work through this debate, and there's lots of debates about this. And uh, I'll do my best to give you different opinions and uh, how this all plays out. Uh, I do know this. We're going to see how it plays out. Uh, Babylon is going to be destroyed and Jesus wins. And, uh, and, and we're going to get there tonight. So let's see how this all goes down. I don't think that this is that far off, except it appears to happen at the end of the tribulation period. So I know it's at least seven years and one day away. I know it's at least that far. But in chapter 18, verse 1, you ready? Okay. After these things, so after John sees uh, Babylon of chapter 17 and the ten kings that rise up of the revived Roman Empire, after these things, John writes, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities." 
Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay her double according to her works. In the cup which she has mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow, and will not see sorrow. Therefore her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. Wow. Oh, it's going to get a lot more in your face in a minute. Now let's just uh, get through a, a couple of questions and then we're going to read on, because uh, this is really fascinating how all of this plays out. Uh, first question is this. What is this Babylon the Great that is fallen? I think that's a good question. As I mentioned, many debate over this. Uh, many, perhaps most, uh, premillennial, pre-tribulation Bible prophecy teachers say that Babylon of Revelation 17 is different from the Babylon of Re uh, Revelation chapter 18. Uh, they believe that chapter 17 describes a worldwide false religion. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but they say that chapter 18 is a different Babylon the Great and it describes an actual city or a country. Uh, and they believe that chapter 18 doesn't describe a worldwide political religious system, but a, a worldwide, a global a political and economic system. I would say that those are uh, accurate descriptions of both chapter 17 and chapter 18. So, well, so they say that they are too different because of that reason. Chapter 17, religious. Chapter 18, political and economic. Uh, there are a few other reasons also that many Bible teachers say that chapter 17 and 18 are two different Babylons, uh, but I'm not going to get into all of those uh, tonight. There are also those that say, wait a minute, chapter 17 Babylon and chapter 18 Babylon are just describing different characteristics of the same Babylon the Great, like two different sides of the same coin. Chapter 17 is tails, chapter 18 is heads, or whatever you want to put, uh, or however you want to say it. In this case, think of this. For those who say chapter 17 and 18 are the same Babylons, just describing different aspects, uh, both Babylons have the same name. Both Babylons drink the wine of her fornication. They both live in luxury. Both are described as a, as a city, etc., etc., etc. There are good arguments on both sides. Chapter 17 and 18 be two different Babylons. Chapter 17 and 18 being the same Babylon, just described uh, with the different characteristics. Uh, I'm not real concerned if these are two different Babylons or if they are the same, what I am concerned about is how all of this goes down. Uh, so what we did last time, we looked at chapter 17 and the religious aspect. We did that in two messages. Man, there was a lot there. I thought it was really informative and a lot to learn there. We'll get through chapter 18 in one message, but we're going to get a good idea tonight, I think, of the political and the physical character of Babylon as seen in chapter 18. So we've dealt, dealt with one question, what is this Babylon the Great that has fallen? Two different theories, chapter 17 and 18, two different Babylons, or chapter 17 and 18 are speaking of the same Babylon, uh, just different characteristics. Simple enough? Okay, I, you can argue with me about it, I don't care. It's, just, it's fun to talk about, but I don't want to argue. I've got other things to do. 
like have some chili and corn chips after tonight. You know, that, maybe we can talk about it out there. <laughs> Second question, you ready? Is Babylon the Great a literal city? Okay, so we're going to come back to some of the opening verses in just a few minutes. But read with me from verse 9 all the way through to verse 20. And just listen to this. In verse 9, the kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her, for no one buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of, of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, and marble, and cinnamon and incense and fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, and chariots. Man, all these different descriptions are basically covering all these different products throughout the world is what's going on here. Merchandise, all different types of merchandise. Then it says this very interesting thing at the very end of verse 13, and the bodies and souls of men. What is that about? Come back to that. The fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you, Babylon, and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance. And they cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like the great, this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. Rejoice over her, O heaven. And you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Wow! This is crazy. What is going on here? I think we'll find out. So let's deal with this first of all. Is Babylon the great, a literal city? Uh, Revelation 18, verse 18 and 19, they cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? They threw dust on their heads and cried out, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city. But the word city uh, could symbolize something. It could be symbolic of something. However, several things in the description of this Babylon the Great sound like a real city. If chapter 17, religious Babylon, and chapter 18, political Babylon, are global systems, how could they be a city in particular, though? So is this a city, or is it symbolic? Is it just a system? Think of it like this. We often speak of reporters, uh, uh, hear of reporters speak of the city of Washington or say, or, or doing something, and when they say that, they mean the U.S. government is saying or doing something. Uh, the government is headquartered in Washington, but it employs more than 
four million people that are scattered around the world. You say Washington, uh, but it's global in effect. But you, you identify it with the city. Or the reporter says, the Pentagon announced today. The reporter means the Department of Defense or the U.S. Armed Forces. So global enterprise can be represented by its headquarters or its capital. So both religious Babylon of chapter 17 and political and economic Babylon of chapter 18 are spoken of a city. And yet, equally as clear, both of them are global. Uh, it is my personal opinion that this is speaking of a literal city that is going to be destroyed. Okay, so with me thinking I'm right, that will take us to question number three. If it is a city, then which city is it? Ah, so here's the deal, right? Here, here's the rule, rule number two. Because rule number one, we can differ on Babylon. Rule number two, um, let's say I'm going to go through a list in a minute. And I am going to show some cities. And you might think, well, that's just wrong. can't be that city. Or you might think, oh, it's that city. And, and I want to say this, if you want to debate, again, meet me at the chili and corn chip department afterwards, and we can have some fun, or nachos, whatever. Um, that's all right. But understand this, your salvation is not dependent upon whether or not you believe it's New York City or whether or not you believe it's London or anything else. And quite frankly, you can kind of have fun with this as we go through this. But again, our salvation is based upon Jesus Christ, not who Babylon is, all right? So as we look at this, uh, don't get too worked up over this uh, uh, because this is not pertinent to your salvation, all right? Okay, so here we go. The most mentioned uh, and popular possibilities of what city this Babylon the Great of chapter 18 uh, will go with it. Uh, one of them is New York City. Uh, along the same lines of uh, the, the thought that a city, it's a literal city, but then it represents a much broader uh, place, uh, like the world, think of Washington, but it represents 4 million employees worldwide. When you think of New York City, it could also apply to the entire country of the United States. But New York City being the, the thought. You have the Statue of Liberty there. You got trade there. New York is a world capital of commerce and communication. It's also home to the United Nations. It's also the business district of the world. It's also a port city. Uh, there are many descriptions that fit well of, of uh, Babylon of chapter 18 of the book of Revelation with New York City. But the woman is supposed to be the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. So the word mother uh, could mean source. And New York is the source of many bad things, but it's not the um, source of the religious aspect of of Babylon, if Babylon of chapter 17 and Babylon chapter 18 are the same Babylons. However, if they are different, then you could have the mother of harlots, the source being the original Babel that has affected the world, and you have a religious city that represents one, and the economic city, hence New York City, that represents the other. So New York is a possibility. There's a lot of things I've read about where people say it's New York. And uh, 
I don't know. Uh, here's another possibility. Jerusalem. Why Jerusalem? Well, here's the deal. In, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, Peter said, She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you. What was he referring to? Who is referring to as Babylon? There's many people that believe that he was referring to Jerusalem, uh, that he was writing from Jerusalem when he wrote that. So what he said in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 13, you can write it down, check it out. She who is in Babylon elect together with you, if he was in Jerusalem, then Peter was equating Jerusalem with Babylon. Now here's the deal. The Catholic Church says that Peter was in Rome when he wrote 1 Peter chapter 5. And so he is referring to Rome as being Babylon. Why the Catholic Church would want to claim Babylon for themselves, I don't know, but we'll get to Rome in a minute. Um, but the New Testament speaks of Peter living in Jerusalem uh, and making Jerusalem his base of ministry. A Catholic tradition says Peter went to Rome, although the Bible never says that Peter went to Rome. Uh, he also, Peter also might have been in literal Babylon, which at that time was still a major center of Judaism, uh, an echo of the Babylonian captivity. There were still Jews, a lot of Jews living in Babylon. Remember when um, the Jews were able to, they were released uh, from Babylonian captivity, able to go back home? A lot of them didn't want to go back home. Remember that? If you read the book of Esther, those Jews that stayed there, they didn't want to go back home to Jerusalem. So you still had a lot of Jews, even at the time that the Bible was written, that still lived in, Bab in uh, Babylon. So it's possible that Jerusalem uh, could be the Babylon. Uh, it's possible Babylon could be the Babylon. We'll look at that in a minute. It's possible Rome could be the Babylon. We'll look at that in a minute. Um, but here's something else that's interesting. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 8, the Bible identifies Jerusalem with Sodom and Egypt. So why not identify Jerusalem with Babylon also? However, I believe that we can take Jerusalem off the list uh, for a few different reasons. Uh, one of them is that the Babylon of Revelation chapter 18 is described as a port city. Another reason is that Babylon of Revelation chapter 18 is going to be completely destroyed. Jerusalem, uh, this Jerusalem, is never going to be destroyed. Jesus is going to come back and rule and reign from Jerusalem. So, like I said, I believe we can put a line through Jerusalem and move on to the next city, right? I'll leave New York as a possibility for those of you who want to talk about it later. Um, Rome is a possibility. A lot of Bible teachers believe that this Babylon of Revelation chapter 18 is Rome. In fact, probably the majority of Bible teachers believe it is Rome. The world's richest and most influential uh, religion is already headquartered there. Uh, in John's day, in most ways, Rome was the capital. I was in Rome not too long ago, and I will tell you from firsthand experience, Rome is an absolutely spectacular city. I mean, it, it really is. When you go to Rome and then you look at Jerusalem, you can see the massive strength of the Roman Empire in ancient history, but you can even see what's going on in, in Rome today. And it, I, I'm going to tell you right now, it has a wow factor. Uh, I realized I was a, an altar boy growing up, 
and I went to Catholic school and Catholic church. Uh, I don't go to Catholic church anymore. Um, but, but when I went to the Vatican, I can tell you this much. It was, it, it's like, it's, it's almost overwhelming, the things there. You, you, you start out going through, when you visit the Vatican, for anybody who's done it in here or online, you go through the Vatican Museum. And there's artwork everywhere. And I, I don't know how to describe the artwork, but it was like every piece of art in there is priceless. When I say everywhere, it is everywhere. There's a ceiling that's massive, and it's got this round shape to it, and it's just long. As far as you can see, the whole ceiling is just artwork. I mean, just think of Michelangelo paintings and all these paintings. Priceless. I was looking at the artwork and thinking just a few pieces of artwork are probably worth more than some of the GDPs of some of the smaller countries in the world. And then you walk from there, and then you're, you're in... Uh, um, St. Peter's Basilica and, and the Sistine Chapel, and then you walk out into Vatican Square, and, and let me tell you, it's an, it's an impressive place, and that's coming from somebody that's not exactly supportive of the Catholic Church anymore. And um, so on John's day, in, in most ways, Rome was the world's capital. So it's a logical place if Babylon the Great of Revelation 18 is the kingdom of the Antichrist. It makes sense that Rome would be the capital of a revived Roman Empire. This has been the most popular view. It goes back to the days of Tertullian in the second century. This view was also popular with the reformers who identified the woman of Revelation chapter 17 with the Roman Catholicism. However... Well, the original Rome continued and perpetuated the harlot religion of Babel. It was not the mother of it. It didn't originate there. The origins of the harlot religion were in Babel itself. Nevertheless, if chapter 18 is a different, uh, different Babylon from chapter 17, then it could be Rome, except there's one problem with Rome. When I was there, it wasn't a port city, and that wasn't long ago. And so I'm thinking, it's still, not a, it's still not a port city. However, you have a lot of commerce, and you have a lot of things going on in Rome that are really, it's a pretty eye-opening. Um, let's move on. So New York, scratch Jerusalem off the list. I will leave Rome on the list because there's so many possibilities with Rome. Uh, and here's the other one, Babylon, as in the original Babylon that is located in modern-day Iraq. Uh, and... Uh, I, I want you to think just a little bit about this. Um, in prophecy, literal is often true even when nobody thinks literal is possible. Think through this with me. There are two cities that are mentioned in the Bible more than any other city. You know which cities they are? Jerusalem and Babylon, by far. Jerusalem is mentioned more than any other city in the Bible. It's number one on the list. Jerusalem is the city of God. The second most mentioned city in the Bible is Babylon, and it is the city of the devil. And you start looking at it, and you start thinking through this. Well, wait a minute. If you go back a few hundred years, in fact, if you just go back 150 years, and you see Bible scholars, they would, where, where the Bible talks about a literal Jerusalem, and, and the, people are going to, the Jews are going to inhabit Jerusalem again. They're going to have the land of Israel again. And people would say, Ah, that's just symbolic. You can't take it literally. And then you have the Zionist movement, and 1948 comes along, and the Jews have the nation of Israel, and then you got 1967, and they capture Jerusalem again. You go, wait a minute. We need to take Jerusalem literally 
because these things are literal. And not only that, when you look at how the Bible describes what's going to happen in Israel in the last days, it's happening exactly as the Bible says. It is not a coincidence. God's word is true. So if you take Jerusalem literal, the city of God, why would you not then take the original Babylon as being literal also, that it is the Babylon of Revelation chapter 18? Could it be? Babylon is located in the plain of Shinar, where the city and tower of Babel were located so long ago, the original Babel. It's named after Babel. It's the mother of harlot religion. There are prophecies regarding Babylon that may have not been yet fulfilled also. Uh, Jeremiah describes Babylon. In Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 24 through 26, God says, I will repay Babylon and all the inhabitants of Chaldea for all the evil they have done in Zion in your sight, says the Lord. God says, I'm going to repay you. Jerusalem, the city of God, Babylon, the city of the devil, right? Behold, I am against you, says the Lord. You shall be desolate forever. Uh, this is interesting uh, because the area of the original Babylon, the U.S. military has for years been, has had uh, places inside that original Babylon with Saddam Hussein was leader in Iraq. He was rebuilding the area of Babylon, the city of Babylon. Um, there was talk in some years past that the UN was actually thinking of moving their headquarters to Babylon. Now, that hasn't happened yet. And Saddam Hussein, he, he came to his end. Um, Babylon hasn't been built yet like, uh, like people have speculated it might happen. But nevertheless, that talk has been there but it is not desolate. It's pretty desolate. But it's not desolate like this yet. And Jeremiah 51 verse 37 goes on to say, Babylon shall become a heap, a dwelling place for jackals, an astonishment and a hissing without an inhabitant. So I would say it did for a number of years and even centuries. But right now, there are inhabitants there. So uh, you look at this. Is that still going to be fulfilled? Come back to Babylon in just a second. Let's throw up another city. You ready? Dubai. Uh, could it be Dubai? Now, I find Dubai interesting. Uh, what a fascinating city. 30 years ago, it was hard to find Dubai on a map. Uh, today, it's a global center of banking, trade, golf, shopping. If you're a billionaire, it's a great place to go hang out. However, it took Dubai 30 years to become what it is today. Uh, but, uh, but Dubai is ideally located at the same time. A located like Revelation chapter 18, Babylon is. Uh, the original Babylon is not ideally located. It's in the desert, in Iraq. It's not on the coast. It seems to apply, uh, imply from Revelation chapter 18 that the Babylon of chapter 18, that city is going to be a coastal city. Um, the original Babylon, as I mentioned, is in the desert in Iraq. But Dubai is a major center. It is on the coast, and there's all kinds of money that is poured into Dubai. Uh, that makes sense, because chapter uh, 18, verse 17 says, sailors and sea captains mourn her 
destruction because she is a major center of sea trade. So Jerusalem doesn't fit well with that, another reason. But uh, the original Babylon, that part of it doesn't fit. However, God can make anything, God can make something spring up there and somehow, I don't, I, I don't know how, you know, God does things that I can't do. Have you imagined that? <laughs> so it's fascinating. The sailors watch Babylon burn in chapter 18, further implying the proximity to the coast. And uh, it, it looks to me like Bible prophecy is happening. I mean, it's coming down to the wire. And if it took 30 years to build that, I, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm hoping Jesus, please come back before 30 years is up. However, I, you know, like, you know, I'm not God, right? So let's go on to one more. You ready? Here's a possibility. Um, Neom. Ever heard of that city? Well, I didn't think so. That's why I have a question mark there, because the city's name may have changed. But it, it's a uh, city. Check this out. That Saudi Arabia... Uh, the prince of uh, the crown prince Saudi Arabia, Mohammed Salman, has uh, come up with this plan to partner with Egypt to build the city 33 times the new size of New York City. So, if you go back to back to if you just think of Dubai and how massive that is, and then you start looking at this, 33 times the size of New York City. Uh, Billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars are intended to be poured into this new city that is going to be built. Uh, top tech execs will help Saudi Arabia build its mega city of the future. Let me stop here for just a second. I want you to think through this. When you look at these super, super billionaires, these are, I mean, the billions of dollars they have is just, it's hard to even fathom. I find it fascinating that in the days that we live in, there are so many super, super billionaires that have risen up who have so much money to put into projects that governments would never even consider putting into. Take Tesla, for example, you know, and you, you, the, the Tesla vehicles and, and uh, Elon Musk. You start looking at that going, all these billions, I might as well fund this for this type of car, uh, a, a smart car, you know, these types of things. Uh, tech billionaires building cities that are all smart cities the entire cities are smart cities everything you read about in the book of revelation to come to pass regarding the mic of the beast entire cities being built these things weren't possible before the current generation when we have super billionaires you look at a city like this one uh saudi arabia and egypt joining together and tech billionaires saying yeah we can help build the city doesn't this sound like revelation chapter 18 i'm just saying where the world, the money's pouring into it, they're going, woohoo, look what we have done. If you think back to the Tower of Babel, what was it Nimrod wanted to do? Look at this, we're going to build a tower to the heavens, and it, 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 was, it was their new world order. They're globalists, and then God split that up. But now, the, the giants of the world, the super billionaires, this wasn't possible just a generation ago. Now it's possible. It's like God had to create super billionaires. These super billionaires think they're so smart. Agreed, they're smarter than me. But they think they're so smart, but actually God is the one who made them the super billionaires that they are. And I look at that as even being the hand of God so they would do things that God wanted them to do. Um, just, I, I just find the whole thing fascinating. So 
Um, but again, you, you, you look at this and um, what they're going to end up doing here in Revelation chapter 18, when everything comes crashing down, they are watching the, the smoke rise. So it, it appears to be a literal city. Remember when 9-11 happened and all the TV cameras, you're watching the smoke rise and rise and rise and rise. This appears to what's happening here. Am I saying that this is the city? I'm not saying that. All these things are interesting to think about as we just list, uh, we look at the list of possible cities. Hey, do I know what city it is? I do not know. Um, it could be one of these. It might not be any of them. I don't know, but I do know this. Jesus is coming soon, and I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, let's move on. We have two more questions, and I, I, I want to wrap this up. Uh, number four, what is the angel's message to John? Look at this, verses 2 and 3. He cried mightily with a loud voice, the angel did to John, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. The merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Notice this, verse 2. After the destruction, three things dwell there. Demons, every foul spirit, every unclean and hated bird. These are all descriptions of the same thing, just evil spirits. Um, and in verse 4, look what we read here. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, unless you share in her sins and you receive of her plagues. Ouch! To the tribulation saints. God is saying to get out of the physical city before it is destroyed. This is evidence that during the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, there are people who, who came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and they survived right up to the end. Because this is happening at the end. God's going to destroy Babylon. The world's going to look and go, Houston, we have a problem. And he's saying, get out of there because it's coming down. Uh, think of it with Noah and Lot. God removed Lot. He said, get out of the city before it all comes down. Think of the rapture. Come on up here before it all goes down. And then the judgment of the city, he's saying his people come out of there. She is going to receive the judgment that is due her. Okay, ready? Final question, number five. What business is world trading in? I find this interesting. I find it um, heartbreaking. But what we see going on in the world right now is what is taking place when this all takes place. Uh, the leaders of the world, the business people of the world, are absolutely stunned when Babylon is destroyed. The kings, verse 10, recognize Babylon is destroyed in one hour. The merchants, verse 17, recognize Babylon is destroyed in one hour. The shipmasters, verse 19, recognize Babylon is destroyed in one hour. Baby, it is just absolutely gone. They seem to all be shocked. How could this possibly happen? When 9-11 happened, the Twin Towers fell, and people were equating that. I heard them equate that to Revelation chapter 18. That wasn't it. This is an absolute destruction of the world's commerce. The kings represent the political class. Uh, the merchants is the, is the business. When we read it, remember reading all of it? We're not on time to read it all again. 
but it listed all these different types of merchants, all these different types of businesses as literally worldwide business, including the tech giants. Can you imagine that? The tech giants looking going, there goes everything. Wow! Man, the shipmasters and sailors are especially interesting. Regarding them, modern economies are connected by trade and transportation like no other era in history. I think the shipmasters and sailors represent all of the goods transporters of our time. That would mean that this could say the people of UPS and FedEx guys as well as the shipmasters and the sailors. Because I think it represents all those who profit from the movement of goods around the world. And they are standing off far off and they are watching the smoke of the city just uh, as it is just absolutely destroyed. But here's, here's where our world has gone wrong. Okay. This does not mean when the merchants are looking out, the shipmasters are looking out, the, the kings are looking out, political leaders, that all business is bad. It doesn't mean that. Um, no matter what AOC thinks about Amazon and, and, and not being in New York City, all business, as we seem to hear in America now coming across the TV, everybody who's a business leader is a bad person. That's not what this is teaching. Remember the virtuous wife from Proverbs chapter 31? We're almost done. Remember her? Proverbs chapter 31, she's a wonderful businesswoman. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She perceives that her merchandise is good. The evil merchants of Revelation 18, or the evil of the merchants of Revelation 18, is not that they trade in wood or bronze or iron or marble or cinnamon or anything else. But verse 13 says this. At the very end of it, we read it earlier. They're trading all these things, frankincense, wine, oil, fine flour, and wheat, cattle, and sheep, horses, chariots, and bodies and souls of men. Here's where this comes down to. This would include drug pushers, human traffickers, which are very prevalent in our world. Uh, people who kidnap children, put on the sex market, whatever it is. And those who sell the body parts of aborted babies. We live in this time, right now. And I'm afraid that if judgment uh, hasn't come already and we're starting to experience it, that judgment is coming to America and judgment is coming to the world. Think of this. Um, Pre-born turtle, $100,000 fine, one year in prison, right? Uh, Pre-born eagle, $250,000 fine, two years in prison. Pre-born human beings, uh, 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 nothing. Um, 2018, 1.7 million people died from AIDS, but the government funds research to heal people from AIDS. 2018, 5 million people died from smoking, but the government funds research to keep people from dying. 2018, 8.2 million people died from cancer, but the government funds research to make sure people are healed. 2018, 17.9 million people died from heart disease, but the government funds research to heal people from heart disease. 2018, 41.9 people died from a 
6.9 million people died from abortion worldwide. But the government funds research and development to make sure those babies are killed. There's something seriously bad. Um, February 25, 2019. This is a picture I found on the internet. It's somebody's artwork of the god Molech from the Old Testament, where the people were worshiping sex and whatever, and they would take their babies right after they were born and put into the arms of Molech, and their babies would be killed in the arms of Molech. I thought that was an excellent picture. The people are saying, woohoo, woo, yeah. Uh, while the babies were burning to death in the arms of Moloch, the fires rising up, the drums would beat to drown out the sounds of perhaps a dad who might be devastated, thinking, what have I done? We have the drumbeat of the media right now drowning out the sounds of people who are saying, this is wrong. This is wrong. February 25, 2019, you might think this is political. You know what I think this is? I think this is a righteousness problem. The Democrats blocked a bill to ensure medical care for abortion survivors. So a baby survives an abortion. Listen, we, we know how this is going. It's like, uh, you, this is insanity. This is demonic. I don't know how else to describe what is happening right now. I praise God that there is forgiveness. I praise Him that there is forgiveness because I'm a sinner. But what we are watching right now, folks, is, is uh, it's, it's just absolutely madness. As one author put it, of 42 million abortions worldwide in 2018, that's 42 million reasons to believe that the last days have arrived. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. And I'll just read this, and then we'll close. Verse 21, Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone, threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence the great, sea, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived, and in her was found the blood of the prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. Folks, I look at all of this in all seriousness, I believe this is true. These are the words of Jesus. When you see all these things begin to take place, Revelation 18 describes the world in which we live in ripe for judgment. And um, we need to make sure that we're ready. Are you ready to meet the Lord? I want you to know this also, that in America, there's a lot of people who've had abortions, and they feel guilty. There's men that have forced a woman to have an abortion too, and they feel guilty. And if anybody is in here and that is you, Jesus loves you. We have a ministry to point you in the right direction. Um, there's forgiveness, there's hope, there's help, because God loves us. The enemy has come to condemn, but Jesus has come to save. The enemy has come to kill and, de 
and steal and destroy, but Jesus has come to give life and give it abundantly. And you need to understand that Jesus loves you, but judgment is coming, and we need to be ready. Amen? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your ministering. Uh, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you forgive us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. They are new every morning. But Lord, our nation needs, a, we need an awakening. And we ask you, God, that um, you would do a spiritual awakening in this nation. Awake those who have never been to church or who don't want to go to church. Awake them to the truth of Jesus. And Lord, we pray for a revival within a church that is all but dead. Barely surviving. Lost the fire. Lord, we need you. And we ask that you would light that fire, that you would use us, but Lord, that we would be right with you. Lord, we ask that you would search our hearts, cause us to love you with our whole hearts. We thank you that you forgive us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.